Welcome to the VoiceOver Insider Podcast with Julie Williams and VoiceOver Insider Editor Gary McFadden. I'm so glad you tuned in to our VoiceOver Insider Podcasts, where we bring VoiceOver Insider information directly to you. You can sign up to be notified every time we've got a new free podcast or other insider information regarding voiceovers at voiceoverinsider.com. I'm Julie Williams. And our guest today is Bev Standing, who is uh, one of the highest bookers on Voices.com. In fact, she's booked so much on Voices.com that a lot of times she doesn't have a chance to even go there because she's so busy working that she doesn't have time to do auditions there. So now, now Bev had a really good start in life towards this, uh, even though she's relatively new to the voiceover scene itself. Her dad was an advertising executive, and so she has spent a number of hours in uh, studios and actually critiquing commercials with her dad. So she kind of learned early on about the power of the message and the dynamics of the storytelling and the delivery of words. So Beth, tell us briefly what your background is in the industry. Well, thanks, Julie. It's great to be here. Um, as you say, it started with my dad. I, I had no interest in the entertainment industry. It was just something we did that was fun, and it was fun to watch, and, and I started paying attention to commercials. But when I finished school and I needed to get a job, my dad said, well, you've always liked this. Why don't you go out and do this? So I went down to CBC, which is the local TV station, and ended up getting a job in radio, of all things. So <laughs> I started as a receptionist in radio drama and ended up as a production assistant doing a show uh, in front of a live audience with voice actors calling into an answering machine service. So there were only two actors and multiple voices. I never knew that it would be, you know, lead me down this path, but it, it was uh, about three years of just sheer fun. And, um, you know, working with the sound guy, sitting in the booth, timing scripts. And, you know, it kind of gave me a big background that I didn't know I was going to need. A good background on uh, to see who the recipient of your work was going to be in the future and what standards that they were looking for when they went yes. to hire. So, uh, I mean, that's like as good a background as you can get. And not only that, uh, you also have an advantage that a lot of uh, newbies might have, but many don't, is your marketing background. Tell us about that. Well, I, uh, when I had children, I decided to not follow my dream of, you know, going into, I wanted to be a dancer and a singer and I have a bit of a music background and I decided to get married and have kids instead mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and become a secretary. And so I worked in an engineering firm, left after my second child, raised my kids, went back to the same company. They were hiring a marketing coordinator. I knew everybody in the company. I knew what the company did. I knew the lingo. So I started at ground zero and turned that into uh, nine, almost 10 years of marketing for this firm. So wow. <laughs> I'm just not awesome. somebody to sit back and not learn new things. So and you know. how did you get into full-time voiceover uh, or get onto Voices.com? Is that what made you a full-time voiceover talent? Honestly, yes. Yeah. My success there gave me confidence. It gave me an income. And I didn't, and we'll come back to that, but I didn't have time to put the effort into auditioning and honing my skills and you know, taking the workshops while working full time. And I was successful and I decided to just take a leap of faith and uh, luckily it's it's working out. I started by just taking a single voiceover workshop 
to keep busy at a time where I needed a, an out. And uh, I fell in love with the fact that when you're behind the microphone, nothing else can matter. Yeah. Uh, no matter how happy or excited or sad or depressed or busy you are, you're just there. And in order to keep myself busy, I ended up taking improv at Second City for five different levels there. And, and it just, you learn to focus, you learn to mm -hmm. pay attention and get into character. Uh, it doesn't matter what you're doing, whether it's IVR or, you know, a big, long narrative, but so it started out as uh, a distraction at a devastating time in your life and ended up as a career. <laughs> it, did. it did. It was fun. And I mean, Voices.com, when you start out, they give you a free month and it's $9 a month or something when it started. And, and I thought, you know what, this might be kind of fun. And, and I ran out and I had a microphone and I had now got my demo, which was huge. You have to have a demo, I believe, to even go on the site. Uh -huh. Um. And within the first two weeks of auditioning, I booked my first job. And I still, to this day, get just as excited when I see this little one pop up beside the word awarded. And it's like, yay! <laughs> <laughs> Somebody liked what I did. So, um, yeah. it's And so I just kept going to Voices.com and, and auditioning. <laughs> I want to preface this by saying that this is not a commercial for Voices.com. <laughs> they no, are not paying for this. In fact, I don't even know if they know we're doing this. But uh, what I wanted you to see is that somebody can actually get on uh, a pay-to-play site like Voices.com. I hear so many times people complain, I didn't get anything, I didn't get anything, that people are actually booking. And if you do it right, you can make a career of it. So, Bev, as one of the top bookers on the site... Um, did you just basically audition for everything or did you always do custom auditions? Did you select what you were going to audition for? How did you approach it? Um, at the beginning, I absolutely did not audition for everything. I was, um, I was new and I would read a script and I'd go, oh, that sounds terrible. So I just hit delete. But at the same time, I did the audition, whether I submitted it or not. So yes, I auditioned for everything, but I didn't necessarily send everything. So I was reading a variety of different scripts. So it was great practice for me. So in a way, this was just sort of like you're learning in practice, like OJT, on-the-job training. Absolutely. That's what I tell my students. I said, get on a pay-to-play, and I usually recommend Voices.com because they allow you to audition for everything that you're qualified for. Um, you don't, it's not pick and choose who gets to audition for something that they're qualified for, you know? And, um, and I tell them, I say, look at what you're paying for training and look how little it would be to be able to get practice and exercise as literally on the job training every single day, just by signing up for this. And then, you know, inevitably when I have my students do that, a lot of times, even while we're still training, um, you know, they'll, they'll book before they realize it, but they don't go in with the attitude of, I better book this today. Just take the pressure off. Say, I'm here to practice. I'm here to learn on the job what it will be like and get practice at doing auditions. So when it counts, I'm not going to be nervous. And then, uh, you know, after a short while, they're not nervous. And the next thing you know, they're booking work. Yeah, that's that's kind of how it, how it does happen. Um, I found at the beginning, I was, um, I was spending a lot of time auditioning, obviously more than than getting jobs. And I would do my full-time job, which had absolutely nothing to do with anything. Um, but I would come home and then I would spend three or four hours and I would be auditioning and I'd try and get the audition panel down to nothing. So there was nothing in the inbox. <laughs> and, and, and like, as I said, I'd either delete it 
or I'd submit it, mm-hmm. but I'd read every one of them, mm-hmm. um, whether it was, you know, the hundred dollar job or a million dollar job. Um, I would read every one of them and I would read the description and I would try different things and I'd either submit it or not. And when I started booking, I couldn't do that anymore. I just didn't, there weren't enough hours in the day. Exactly. And you can't spend your whole life auditioning. But I set a certain time, even now, I mean, I only went full-time in January. But when I looked at the numbers, I went, I mean, I'm not just a Voices.com person. I am successful on other pay-to-play sites as well. And I think it comes down to, I read aloud every day. I practice every day. Even if I only spent half an hour a day auditioning, I audition every day, Uh somewhere whether it's through my agent, through, you know, a personal contact or a paid-to-play site. So if, if you're new, where do you get these scripts? Where do you, where do you get to read what um, the client on the other end wants, how they're describing? I mean, I love it. There's great examples when they say, we would like a middle-aged or young adult that sounds like this person. And then they say, this is our last video. And you, they give you an example and you listen and go, Oh, that's not what I thought they wanted, but okay, we'll do that. So it's it's kind of interesting to put the words that they say with what they're expecting and try and mismatch and, and try and read between the lines what they're really looking for and who they're marketing to and, you know, who is this being spoken to? And uh, it's just great practice. So newbies, it's it's fabulous. Sometimes pay-to-plays get a, um, a bad rap. You know, it's not just for newbies, though. There are some good jobs that are put on there, not just newbies. But what do you feel about um, people who are auditioning for, say, the $100 jobs? I've heard many people in the industry say, you know, don't go for that. It's, it's uh, watering down the industry, blah, blah, blah. But as a newbie, what do you think? Well, I th- again, I think you have to look at it. If, if you have no income, $100 is a great income for a day. Exactly. Um, but if they're going to ask you to read 4,000 words for $100, yeah. you've got about, what are you making, $6 an hour by the time you're said and done? <laughs> you know, your time is better spent auditioning for something else. Right. So I think you have to compare. If it says $100, is it six words or 6,000? Yeah. You have to look at it. Is it, you know, is it six words that are going to go national? Well, wait a minute. Yeah. That's that's putting the industry down. There's standards out there. Right. Uh, right. And we try to live up to those. So, but that's a client that says, I just want to cheat six words. I'm not that focused on how good it is or, you know, and it's your choice whether you do or not. So I say, look at it, look at the picture, look at the whole picture before you decide whether the hundred dollar job is worth it or not. Because sometimes it's, we're doing this little 15 second blurb and we're going to do a hundred of them. If we pick you, well, why would you walk away from that cheap $100 job if you're going to get that many more, if you get it? So you have to read. You really have to look at it. Don't just delete it. That's my advice. Right, right. Like someone who recently said to me, you know, okay, I have... um I have spots for $75 each. And I'm thinking, oh, really? You know, and, you know, they're, they're 15 seconds for these 20, uh, $75 spots. And I'm thinking, oh, really? And they're saying, we'll have 10 to 20 a week for you. And I'm like, really? <laughs> All of a sudden, you're paying your bills. <laughs> it changes things, you know, because we're talking 750 35 I mean, uh, 1500 times two, 3000 a month for doing a few 15-second spots, you know? That's I right. can do that, yeah. you know? So again, you have to look at, uh, at, at what the spots are and, um, you know, what the usage is again. I mean, are they national? Are they going to keep you from, uh, being able to voice something else? Are they, you know, uh, giving you a conflict 
Or is it something that's going to be in somebody's website tutorial that nobody will ever see? That's right. Um, and, then, and then the other thing you look at, too, and some of the jobs I've had are, say, hospitals. And you think, oh, well, you know, no one's ever going to see this. It's this little nothing. And they come back and, you know what, you're just going to be the voice. So here's another job. Here's another. They don't even audition yeah, anymore. Exactly. Here's another job. And it's like, oh, well, I didn't intend to go off the paid-to-play site. It wasn't that way, but we have been talking, and they've come directly to me now, and I'm their voice. Right. Yay. So, you know, like, yeah, just you really have to look at the whole picture, what they say, the dynamics, the, you know, the media, the everything. And that is the nice thing about voiceover. I mean, we go out and we audition and we audition and we audition. But once somebody really, really likes us, um, they tend to come back and auditioning isn't quite as important because they don't want to take the time to listen to all these people. I mean, that takes time. Which one should we get? Who do we choose? Oh, let's go get Julie. Let's get Bev because we know we don't even have to direct them anymore. We send them the script. We'll have it by the deadline. That and they've, you know, maybe they've had good results from a commercial they've done. They're, they're, you know, really happy with it. So they just want to keep that. How many, how many spots do you know that always have that same voice? Yeah, exactly. You know, I do a couple and it's just like, you know, hey, Beth, can you do this? I need it in a couple of hours and they know they'll get it. Yeah. They don't have time sometimes to do that. So I have a lot of repeat clients from paid to play sites and it's not from anything I've done outside of what is expected to me when I signed up to these sites. Right. I'm always up and above board. I mean, you, you get clients that say, I, I want to, you know, can we just go through directly? And I go, no, <laughs> sorry, you went through this site. That's where we're going to complete this, mm -hmm. you know? So I'm, I honor that because I respect what they do as a business. So bad exactly. rap, not, they're trying to make a living too. So yeah. I, yeah. I, it's been great talking to you, Bev, and I hope that a lot of the uh, of newbies particularly have um, been encouraged by you that they can do this too if they have the right training, the right skills, and the right mind and mindset, especially if they go to pay-to-play. Pay-to-play isn't a failure on the pay-to-play site's uh, part if you don't book that first year. Okay, but because they're giving you the auditions. So whose fault is it if you're not landing the work? Right. That's the thing that people have to keep in mind. And also keep in mind that when you take the time to do stuff like that, I mean, I'm not on pay to play sites anymore because I didn't have time to do any of the auditions anymore. So it's a waste of money for me to do it when I literally don't have time. Every three months, maybe I'll get on there and then be stressed over what I can't get done. You know, so it's like, forget it. I have so much repeat business and business through agents that, you know, but I'll tell you what, if I didn't, I'd be back on the pay to place. Absolutely. And it's fun. And I think you, but you have to put in your time. If you're a newbie, you can't, you can't say, I'm going to spend 20 minutes a day or an hour a week and expect a book. Exactly. You, you know, you, you're just not going to get to the level you need to be at. Um, and don't audition for everything you know, pick something that you're comfortable with. When you listen back, you think, yeah, I could hear that on a radio or, you know, I would like to listen to that training person. And right. if you, if you like your own work, then go forth, awesome. <laughs> but you've got to put in the time. You really do have to put in the time newbie or not. Um, you know, if you want to book on a pay to play site, it's, it's a, it's a great thing to do. We've been talking to Bev Standing, who is from um, Ontario, Canada, yes. Toronto area, right? Yes, just outside Toronto area, just outside Toronto. And um, one of the top bookers on Voices.com, or at least she used to be. She might slip a little bit because she's not really there auditioning because she's made so much. 
that she just doesn't have time. She's building a career um, off of uh, the pay-to-play sites and agents and who she has um, been discovered by, not in the way of we've discovered her voice, but uh, who she's auditioned for that discovered what an incredible talent she is to work with. And that's something that you can do too. Thank you so much for joining us, Bev. Thank you, Julie. It was a pleasure. And now, the McFadden Minute. Hi, this is Gary McFadden. Do you do any warm-ups of your voice before you begin recording? Some people tell me they don't warm up their voices at all. They just flip on the mic preamp and let her rip. And they sound great. I'm not one of them. I have to warm up for 10 or 15 minutes, or I sound like, as one voice coach put it, a goose farting on a muggy day. I start my warm-up with humming, especially making my nasal cavities vibrate. I'll demonstrate. Then I go for some low-range singing. I have some favorites, such as this one, which you probably won't recognize due to my inability to carry a tune. That old man river, that old man river, he just keep rolling, he just keep rolling along. Remember, you're just trying to warm up your voice, not make something that's going to get into the Emmys. That's clear. Finally, I do a quick set of tongue twisters, such as the tried and true Buttagutta, 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 the NBC announcer test, and others. I've got quite a collection, so I don't always use the same ones. There's a good set in Rodney Salisbury's book, You Can Bank on Your Voice. Hey, my minute's up. I gotta go. You've been listening to the VoiceOver Insider Podcast with Julie Williams. Be sure to join us next week for more VoiceOver Insider information and another edition of the McFadden Minute.